Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 665 for December 13th, 2020. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchotts, back with Programming by Stealth 108 of X. How are you doing today, Bart? Hi, I'm doing just fine. Um, very much in the rundown to uh, to Christmas. I have uh, one more week of work, and Ooh. then I have two weeks of not work because I saved up my annual leave. What else was I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going around. Wait, how come I have extra? Huh? Yeah, although buying a house has eaten up an awful lot of my annual leave. Actually, a lot of my colleagues are rolling over the maximum they're allowed roll over. I'm, I'm not rolling anything over. I'm just just finishing it out. But uh, yeah, oh, no, no, good. it's nice to have two weeks off sort of to chill out. And nice to buy a house. That Yeah, it will be lovely when we're in it. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I am fixated on carpets, tiles, wooden floors and curtains. There, That is my challenge du jour. And then when those are in, uh, washing machine and tumble dryer is the next challenge. But anyway, it's you know, one piece at a time. We'll get there. <laughs> it's funny how you suddenly learn words like valence. Putting in curtains. I haven't come across that one yet. Oh, I remember that, getting curtains. They, the woman's like, well, what kind of valence do you want? What the heck's a yeah. valence? I don't even know what you're talking about. Use real words. It's that little say, thing that found goes a good across the lady. <laughs> Oh. I, I got a good curtain lady then, because she didn't bamboozle me with any such terms. Oh, good. Well, great. she just trying to talk me into plum as a colour. I disagree. <laughs> you're the one who has to look at it, right? Exactly. Plum is a fruit, and it's quite delicious. I don't want it on my curtains. Anyway. <laughs> All right. That's not the subject today. What is our subject today, Bart? We are continuing our journey into branching in Git. So mm. we spent most of the last installment talking about the philosophy of branching and this idea that you should have a branching policy where it, within your project you decide how you're going to, you know, when and why do I branch? And if you haven't sort of figured that out, you're just going to end up with a mess. And so we started off with a very simple branching policy. We basically said... We do one thing at a time, we do it on the dev branch, and when we're done, we bring just the final finished version on to the main branch. Um, last time we learned that if you only make one change, you can fast forward main to dev, because if you fast forward, you bring all of your commits with you onto the branch you're fast forwarding into. So if you can imagine that you have main, and then you branch off dev, and you make one change, well then you... Rather than doing a full-on merge, you can just fast-forward main to dev, and it's as if you started the branch later. So you just sort of collapse the branch behind you and slide up the branching point. Okay, so and in a practical sense, that's what why what we're doing makes sense is Bart creates a branch for the next episode of Programming by Stealth, and then when I get my pieces put in uh, to link to the podcast and everything, he has me fast-forward the main branch just up to where that branch was. Because we don't really care about the history that was going on. or any, Well, I guess the history's still there. Yeah, the history's there. So we take all of the history with us and we bring all of our history into main. So when you fast forward, if there were five commits there, if it took me five chunks to write the show notes, because I always, I save often because, well, that's a good <laughs> idea. Mm -hmm. um, so when you fast forward, all five of those zipper into main, right? When you're done, main has five more commits, if I did five okay. on the work in progress branch. So when you fast forward, they all come in. And remind me, why is that different than merging? When you merge, only the last one comes in. You get one commit on the new branch. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, so this way we do have more history. This, well, no, because the, the other way the history still exists, but it's not on the main branch. It stays oh, oh, okay. on the parallel branch. Okay, right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. So the no. question is, what do you want to do with the intermediate states? Would you ever need to go back and mess around in there? Oh, I mean, you can always go back, right? They always continue to exist forever because they're on the dev branch. Right. But the question is, do you want them in the main branch or not? Hmm. And so within PBS, we have said in our very primitive first attempt at a branching policy that the only commits that exist on main should be fully functional commits. So we have said in our rules that if it's an intermediate state, we don't want it in main. Oh, okay. Okay, right. So that means we now have to learn how to do a full-on merge because last time we got away with fast-forwarding because we did our entire change in one commit. Mm -hmm. So we just fast-forward by one. But today we're going to do our change in two pieces. Hmm. And according to our policy, the middle state shouldn't come onto main because main is, for, main is sacrosanct and should only contain fully finished products. Therefore, we need to do a merge commit to bring it in. So that's sort of where we're headed. now. 
as we'll discover at the end of this instalment, being quite so precious about Maine is just making life difficult for ourselves. So maybe what you and I happen to do in PBS is actually the better way to do things in our little universe here, but we just need a little bit more information before we, before we do that. So we're going to learn about another feature of Git called tagging, and then we're going to combine, we're going to use tags to make our branching policy easier on us. Okay. That's always good, right? That's yeah. ultimately that's what it's for. It's for helping us. So if it, you know, don't make life difficult for yourself. So before we get stuck in, um, there is a bundle file again, which contains a copy of the repo as it was at the end of the previous installment, uh, and it also contains one extra commit that wasn't there when we finished up, which is me bumping all the installment numbers to one hundred eight. So wherever it said one hundred seven, and this is one hundred eight. So you'll find that in the zip file as uh, pbs108.bundle. Um, so same as last time, extract the zip, change into the folder where the zip, you know, that the zip became. Uh, create a new folder named pbs108a, change into that folder, turn it into a git repo with git in it. If needed, create your rename master to main with the square bracket, yada, yada, yada stuff that we copy and paste every time. And then we do a git pull from the bundle, uh, which will bring in the main branch from the bundle into the main branch in our fresh repository. Got it. And I actually did that ahead of time instead of making the audience listen to me go, wait, wait, what? Which directory, Bart? (laughs) (laughs) Now, the key point is the only thing I've brought over is the main branch, right? That's all I've pulled. Because we're on main, and I've just done a pull without telling it anything more. So it's only pulled the matching branch from the bundle. So right now, if you do a git space branch to see the branches in your newly created repository, there's no dev. Hmm. Okay. Now, dev was entirely 100% identical to main when we last left our story because we'd fast-forwarded main to dev. So there was no information there anyway, so I just didn't bother with the extra commands to pull over a branch that doesn't do anything. And I've also got a reason for wanting to recreate the branch. So before we go into completely new stuff, I want to teach you about two shortcuts I have been very studiously avoiding because I think it's important in the early stages not to do two things at once. Right. Because that's confusing. So I've been extremely explicit. When we've created a branch, we've said git space branch space name of branch to make the branch. And then we've said git space checkout space name of branch to go to the branch. Because that is two actions, make a branch and go to it. But almost always when you make a branch, it's because you want to go there, right? Oh, I'm starting a new thing. I want to make a branch for it and go there. I mean, those two go together like, you know, like love and marriage, if uh, that sitcom <laughs> is to be believed. Um, so needless to say, because it's something people want to do together so often, the Git people have provided us with a mechanism to do a two for one. And that is the minus B flag to git checkout. So if you say git space checkout space minus B and then give it the name of a branch, it will make a new branch and check it out. Oh, so what does dash so, uh, minus B mean? Minus branch. Okay. So B for branch. Oh, right, right. Okay. Okay. Because branch means create a branch. In this case, yeah. So check yeah. out on branch, basically. Oh, okay. So since... As I say, we'll we'll use it in a moment. The other shortcut, the other thing that we always do in pairs is like, okay, so we have learned that you can stage, so you can do five edits and then stage three of them, commit those, and then stage the other two and commit those, right? So Mm -hmm. we've learned that you can edit lots of stuff and then very carefully stage things in pieces and commit them in pieces. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, if you're disciplined, everything you've changed is going to get staged and committed. So stage everything, commit, stage everything, commit, stage everything, commit. That just goes together again, like a horse and carriage. Let's move on to the next verse of the of the song. <laughs> um, so again, it's something that you you want to do together so often that it would make sense that there's a way of doing it. And in this case, it's the minus A for all flag, which git commit can accept. So git commit minus A means take all the changes, stage them, and then commit them. Oh, okay. So it, it's skipping the stage. It's, it's skipping the git add to stage them. And th- this um, is now only we always, when you're doing them all. 
Correct, correct, okay. correct, correct. Because that's literally what it means. So it's a shortcut for the most common use case. So it is conceivable you might want to make a branch and not go to it. So you can do them as two separate steps and only do the first step. And it is conceivable that you don't want to commit everything. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of 10, that is kind of what you want to do. Okay. You know, and nine times out of 10, you do want to go to the branch you just made. And so that's why these two pairings of commands have been collapsed into a single optional, or there's an optional way of doing two for one. So the minus A flag to git commit will automatically commit all of your changes. Now, we always use the minus M flag to specify a message because we're good people who want to have a clearly understandable repository. So we cuddle the two flags. So we say git commit minus AM and then put in our message. Okay, so we're saying we want to commit all and to add a message, and then you put the message after that. Correct. In quotes. So git commit minus AM and then your message. Okay. That sounds cool. Now, that is cool, but, 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 this one has a giganto big caveat that's in bold font in the show notes. It commits all your changed files, not Hmm. any new files. Hmm. So if your edit involves creating new files and you're in the habit of blindly going git commit minus am, those new files are not in your repository. They exist in your working copy and only in your working copy. They are are untracked files. They haven't Uh. been either committed or they're not in any commit and they're not in staging, so they're completely untracked. And so Git really does see things as different as being something I've never been told about versus something that's changed. And so Git minus A is only for something that's changed that I know about. And so it's one to watch out for. It's one to be very careful of. So you've used a term here that that I'm not sure I understand, and that's untracked. What does it mean Mm. to have a non-tracked thing? Okay, so... At any point in time, you're sitting in your repository and you have a currently checked out commit, which has a bunch of files in it. Mm -hmm. And you have a working copy. If there's a file in your working copy that has never existed before, that is not in the commit, Mm -hmm. and you haven't staged it yet, that means it's completely novel to git. Like it doesn't exist. To get. It does not exist. And the git lingo for that is an untracked file. So if you do a git status, it'll list it as an untracked file. So the reason I'm asking that very specific question is, uh, as I said earlier uh, to the audience here, Bart creates a, uh, a separate branch for the episode while, he's, while we're writing it. And so that's PBS 108 right now. So I had to go get a branch that wasn't part of main. And the branch I had mm-hmm. to go get was P- the PBS 108 branch, uh, work in progress. And when I did it, my client said, confirm pull from non-tracked branch. Okay. That uses the word tracked, but is not at all related to this. And I'm not going to answer that question now <laughs> okay. because it involves a really, really, really important concept that is that I want to do Later. very carefully so that okay. we get it right. Okay, so that's not the same thing at all. Good. Then I won't not r- the I'm not going to worry all. my so pretty a, little head about it. Yeah, a tracked branch and a tracked file are very different things. Ah, good. That's the distinction. Okay. I am yes. quite capable of putting that question aside and ignoring it completely. Excellent. Perfect. Okay, so... Okay, so as I say, git, min- git checkout minus b to make and change into a branch and git commit minus am to commit all of your changes and in one go but only your changes so if you've added a file you should not do this in one you should not do it this way you should stage everything well, no, you, should, you just need to stage the new files and then you can do a minus am oh okay okay gotcha yeah which is actually what we'll do in our example in a moment okay so as an example we need to find the new feature to add to our demo repository so it's amazing how much time I put into figuring out something silly to do with a silly example. (laughs) That's the part that entertains you usually, I think. Let me guess, there's emoji in it. (laughs) There actually isn't, believe it or not. Um, I decided to use it as an opportunity to teach myself the bootstrap carousel, which I've never used. Ah, okay. I'm going to make a little interlude here. I I know the audience, if you've been following the show for any length of time, you know that Bart loves an emoji more than just about anybody. He puts him in every one of his examples. Bart from my dad, apparently. Well, and I I made some joke about it, and he said, I got it from my dad because the congratulations 
text he got from his father about getting the house was completely written in emoji. <laughs> there were no words. There wasn't a letter. It was just three emoji. It's celebration sign, house and key. That's it was so... the day we got the keys. Congratulations on getting the keys. And I understood it perfectly. But I thought, okay, I now know why I, why I use a lot of emoji. Because <laughs> I literally got it in the jeans. We, we bush hustles, we have emoji jeans. <laughs> You'll have to tell him he, he made an appearance in programming by stealth as a result. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. Now I'll let you get on to We're going to do a bootstrap carousel. Yeah, so we have all of these Hello World snippets, which at the moment are just all under each other, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a pre-tag with a whole bunch of code snippets in it. So why not have it as a moving carousel to show, you know, JavaScript and then, or Java, followed by whatever the second language I learned was and so on and so forth. It's, I mean, look, it's an arbitrary choice, but hey, it's something to do. Mm -hmm. So... That's going to take us more than one commit to do, because it's a fairly big task. This is why it's a good example. So before we start, remember, we only checked out, we only uh, brought over, we only pulled, to use a Git term we don't fully understand yet, but that's fine. We only pulled the main branch from our bundle. So we don't have a dev branch yet, as you saw when you did a, a Git branch. So let's make a dev branch and let's use a shortcut. Let's make and go. So git space checkout space minus b dev. And you will see it now says switch to a new branch dev. It did. So that's it. Kindly telling you you did a two for one, made a new branch and you jumped onto it. Okay. So in order to use the bootstrap uh, carousel, we need bootstrap's JavaScript which up until this point in this dummy project, we haven't needed. All we've used from Bootstrap is its CSS. So there was actually none of the JavaScript existing in the repository, and it wasn't referenced in the HTML file. So I had to go and add the extra files needed, including jQuery, which is a, a require. So Bootstrap uses jQuery. So if you want to use Bootstrap's JavaScript, you have to get jQuery. So I downloaded all of those, and I put them in the contrib folder, um, and... Basically, if you look in the zip file, there's a folder called... So rather than making you do all of my changes, I'm going to get you to copy and paste them out of the folder pbs108a-v2. Okay. So I'd like you to delete the contrib folder and the .html file from your working copy and replace them with the ones in that folder. Okay, so my working copy is... pbs108a. Is the folder you made... Yeah, there's nothing in it. Did you do the git pull? Did I do the git pull? I brought that bundle down. That's all you've told me to do so far. Mm, no, we did the last step of the instructions is do a git pull to suck the main branch in. I actually, yeah, I thought I did. I will, let's see, I need to be back up in, do I need to be in any particular directory when I do that? Because I, uh, I just switched into dev. Okay, that's a branch, not a folder. So if you had checked out the stuff, if you do an LS and it's empty, then you didn't actually okay. bring any content. All right, you. let me try it again. Because uh, I did do it. Okay, I think it did something now. Yeah, there's now stuff in it. Okay, I think uh, I was, oh, I was but, up a level when I wrote it, and that command git pull is looking up a level from that, so it didn't find anything. I don't think I was okay. inside the directory. You're going to have to start it. over because you've now pulled all of main into dev. And there's nothing on main. Okay. All right. So I'm deleting PBS 108. I'm, yeah, see space dot dot or M. I'm double, I'm double clicking on the zip file. I now mm-hmm. have a folder called PBS 108. So CD into that. Okay. And right. MKDI or PBS 108. Okay. CD space PBS one hundred eight A. There should be a there should be a single command for that. <laughs> <laughs> get, get in it. All right. Okay. Go do my get in it stuff here. I'll I'll just copy those. And then get obviously it. the copy paste for the git checkout to 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 switch us to main if we're on master. Right. And then the git pull. Okay. Do that. Okay. Well, so much for doing my homework ahead of time. Okay. So now if you do an LS, I'm hoping you see two files in a folder. Two files in a f- three, f- 
four files. I'm down four files. Maybe there's more files than I remember. Okay, but I haven't done the the. Uh, I got to go do my Git branch again. I was just gonna say. So the next thing is Git space checkout space minus b dev minus b dev, and now I'm so switched, switched into switched that new branch. branch dev. Okay. So now using the finder or your tool of choice, inside your working copy there, delete the contrib folder and the index.html and replace them with the ones from v2. Okay, so this is me making a, a change. This is Yeah, so this is you pretending to be me having done hours of coding. Copy it into there or move it into there? Your choice. Okay. In case I screwed it up, I'll change it. Okay. All right, I now have a new contrib and a new index.html, and that's as though I just did some work. Exactly. We have been very busy, very busy. Mm. So if you do a git status, you'll see what's changed. All right. And so you'll see on branch dev, changes not staged, we have modified index.html, and we have untracked files, which are the new files that we didn't have before, which is basically the bootstrap stuff and the jQuery stuff. That's interesting that it considers it modified, even though it was deleted and added. All right, but it's comparing what's there now to what's committed. Okay, and since they are the same name with the same stuff in it, but just a little bit different, it looks at the difference and... Oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't know how it got to now, right? It's complete. It has no memory of how it got to now. All it knows is what is in the last commit and what it says right now the second. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so the only thing that's changed is that in the HTML file, I have added in the script tags to suck in jQuery and Bootstrap. Okay. All right. But of course, I can't suck it in if it isn't in the contrib folder. So hence, the contrib folder has some new friends too. Right. So we're now in that situation where if we did a git commit minus am, we would capture index.html and we'd leave behind us the bootstrap files and totally, the jQuery files. That would be a mess. That would be a mess. And it may or may not have happened to me while I was writing the show notes. <laughs> so the first thing we do is we use git add to add in, and you can just copy and paste them all. But basically, it's just git add and all of those files as arguments. And I use the star to save myself some typing. Okay, so that's one long command. Yeah, so git space add space one thing space another thing space another thing okay. space another thing. The word wrap in in going from a web page is tricky here because you can't actually tell what's a new command. Well, it would have your your system prompt in front of it, I guess. That's why I started popping the system prompts in. Yeah, the system prompt is really long, guys. It says Bart dash iMac twenty eighteen colon PBS one oh eight a space Bart uh, percent. Yeah, that is the default ZSH. That is how our Macs behave these days. Yeah. yeah. House name, colon, folder name, space, username, percent. Yeah. Just so you know, that's what all that glop is at the front. All right. Okay. So now if we look at the status again, we're in a better situation. We have new files and we have modified files. So there's nothing untracked, which means we're now ready to do our minus AM shortcut for the first time. So, so we, hang on. When I do a git status, oh, never mind. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, right. There's no, there's nothing untracked. Nothing untracked, but I've got changes to be committed and changes not staged for commit right now. Correct. Okay. They're both in not staged, right? Uh, well, actually, sorry, no, sorry, sorry, no. sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I'm wrong. Yeah, but we just staged the files. Well, by adding them, <laughs> that was staging them. Correct. We added yeah. them to staging is how we remember what git add right. does. Okay. Sorry, yes. We, we have already pre-staged those new files. That was the whole point. And we now we have one more unstaged change waiting there. So when we do a git minus am, it's going to stage all the other changes. In other words, the modified colons. They're going to get added into the staging area and then get committed. And it doesn't hurt the ones that are already staged to be wrapped up in the dash a? Correct, because they're not in a to-be stage. They're already staged. But it doesn't hurt them to say stage. No, it doesn't hurt them because it doesn't affect them at all, right? Okay. So okay. taking unstaged, what we're saying is take all unstaged changes and stage them. Yeah. Okay. So that is only index.html. Okay. And so we can say git space commit space minus am. In this case, the, the narrative we gave it is whip colon added bootstrap js support. Right. And you'll see that it creates a new uh, commit on the dev branch, and it says added, you know, seven changes, 36 insertions, blah, 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 right? So we've, they've all been picked up is the key point. 
By the way, WIP is work in progress. Anybody who doesn't know what he's saying. Indeed it is. Okay. More on that next time. Okay, so at this stage, we have a commit, but all it's done is added the ability to use JavaScript from Bootstrap. So the next thing we have to do is actually add a carousel. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the details, but basically I'd like you to go to the V3 folder and take the index.html file and drop it over the one in your working directory. Okay. And replace? And just replace it. Um, And that way you have the HTML for the carousel. All right. As if we'd spent hours coding it up. (laughs) If you're curious how it works, I just literally copied and pasted the example from the docs and tweaked it a little bit. Um... So we are now ready to, uh, if we do a git status, we can see that we have our one modified file indexed HTML. Mm-hmm. And so we can commit it again with our minus AM. Um, and this time there's no new file, so we can just go straight to git commit space minus AM, whip converted programming history from single pre to carousel. <laughs> nice descriptive commit. Okay. So well, there's now a screenshot. What do you mean by single you... pre? I know I shouldn't be focused on the message, but. As in the, the, the pre-tag, open angle bracket, oh, pre-close okay. angle bracket. Okay. Um, so, it, right, so when the listeners are listening, they have live show notes that are actually published to the internet, whereas we don't. So you will find a folder in uh, docs slash assets called PBS 108, where you'll find the three screenshots we reference here in the show notes. So if you look at screenshot one, it's what it now looks like in Git Kraken. I guess you could open Git Kraken. That would also show you exactly the same thing. Okay. Uh, alrighty. So it's docs slash assets slash PBS 108, and you'll see the three three screenshots there. So it just shows us the, the top of... Uh, you, uh, you need to wait for me. I don't have any idea sorry. what I'm looking for. I'm, I've opened uh, Git Kraken. I'm in Programming by Stealth, and I don't okay, know what to so look for after this. File open. And open your working copy if you'd like to see it live in Git Kraken. So in Git Kraken, go file, uh, open open. repo. or I'm already in that repo. I'm already in the programming by stealth repo. Yes. The programming by stealth repo, not the one we're working on. Oh, that's what you want to go. Okay, okay. Open repo and then go to uh, open a repo... And now I got to go find out where I put it down. Uh, drag and drop me. the proxy icon. Yeah, which is easier said than done these days. And <clears throat> in uh, Big Sur. Yeah, I'm hoping lots of people file bug reports on that. Yeah, uh, basically for those listening, the proxy icon is that little that little icon in a Finder window at the top next to the. It's actually another Windows, but in the Finder window, you can just drag the folder places. But in their brilliance, Apple has that hidden by default on uh, Big Sur, and when you hover, it shows up. It is faster than it was in the uh, betas, but it's still. Why should I have to wait? Yeah, yeah. Put it there or don't. Or give me or, or give me a defaults right to make it not hidden. That's a, that'd be fine. Yeah. If you're nerdy enough to need it. Okay, so now I'm looking at the entire repo. What are we what are we looking for next? Well, if you look at the top of the repo, uh, which is well, you will see we have main mm-hmm. and then we have two commits ahead of main on the dev branch. Our two whips. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Now, Git Kraken is showing them in a straight line, which means that we could fast forward if we wanted to. Right. But our policy says the only thing that may exist on main is a fully finished feature, and we have this middle whip. So if we fast forwarded, we would bring that with us onto main, and we've, we've just said that main, should, main is sacrosanct. Main should not have such things. So we need to do a full-on merge commit rather than a fast forward. So let's do that. Okay. So rather than letting... So by default, Git will decide for itself what type of commit to do. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. But we want to tell it what to do. So last time we told it to fast forward explicitly by saying minus FF minus only. And now we want it to not fast forward. So we use minus minus no minus FF. (laughs) So minus minus FF minus only means fast forward but in order to not fast forward you have to tell it not to fast forward 
Yes, because Git's default behavior, which again, we'll focus on later, Git's default is fast forward if I can. Oh, okay. So last time we didn't actually have to say minus minus FF minus only. We didn't have to, but basically that's how you make it not default, how you make it actually either do a fast forward or tell you it can't. Okay. If you don't put the minus minus FF only, it will say, oh, I can't do a fast forward. I'll do a full merge. And that's not oh. what we wanted last time. We wanted it either to fast forward or tell us why it can't. Because if if it can't, we've forgotten something. We've, we've done something silly, right? Oh, okay. I got you. So you're being explicit to make sure it doesn't do a merge because it can't do a, a, a fast forward. Yes. But in this case, in we this... want the opposite. Bingo. Because we don't want that middle commit to come with us onto main. I wanted to stay on dev only. This is really helping so, me submit, uh, cement what you were trying to explain earlier in the episode and last time. Good, good. Of, That's why, why, we you do don't, of why you don't want to bring those middle commits in. Because yeah. they're, they're just uh, glop that you don't care about in the main branch. Yeah, because our rule says that everything that exists on main should be a fully finished thing. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have set as our policy, right? So that's not a feature of Git, that's a feature of our policy, and so we're going to stick to our policy. Okay. So in order to merge a branch, you have to go to the branch you want to merge into, which I find extremely annoying because it means you're jumping around from branch to branch like some sort of crazed monkey. <laughs> um, uh, and so... We need to go to main to pull in dev. Even though dev now, is ahead. Correct. Okay. So we want to pull that stuff it's done into us. So they've gone ahead and done stuff, and we want to inherit the end result of all of that work into main. Okay. As one commit. So as our crazed monkey, we're on the main we have to go down to the main branch, reach up and grab the dev branch, and that will <laughs> that will pull up the main branch up to where dev is. Yes, exactly. But it will do so with a whole new commit. And that commit is effectively all of those changes collapsed into one set of changes. Huh, okay. It's the full diff between where dev is now and where main is now. So it calculates all those changes and makes a new commit. And that commit is, remember I said that every commit apart from a special type of commit, the merge commit, has one parent. Mm-hmm. Well, the merge commit has two parents. The two branches are the two parents. Mm, okay. So this new commit, when you see it on the diagram, will have two lines coming in and one line going out, probably. Okay, okay. So because it's a whole new commit, it gets to have a commit message. So Makes we also sense. need to use the minus M flag to specify message. Okay. Now. The If you're using a GUI, you're probably used to the idea that your message isn't just one line. It's usually a title and a body. And all that actually is under the hood is a two-paragraph message. It's actually just, it's just by convention, the first paragraph is considered the title, the second paragraph is considered the body, the third paragraph is the second paragraph of the body, the fourth paragraph is the third paragraph of the body, if you get hmm. what I mean. Okay. And to do that on the command line... The way you do that is with multiple minus M flags. So the first minus M flag is, is the header. The second minus M flag is the first paragraph. The third minus M flag is the second paragraph. The fourth minus M flag is the third paragraph. Yada, yada, yada. Huh. So in this case, because we're merging in a whole bunch of stuff, I actually want to give it a heading and then describe in a little bit more detail. So I have two minus M flags in my sample command. So we say git space merge. Okay, sorry. Git checkout main, right? Do not forget to switch to main, right? The, the, I hate that this is true, and this is one of the reasons I love GUIs, because in the GUI, it really doesn't care. You just oh. drag and drop with... Or, or, the Git Kraken GUI really doesn't care. Other GUIs may, but Git Kraken's great. It just says, ah, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I'll, I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> um, but here on the command line, we have to do everything explicitly. So git checkout main, and it says switch to branch main. Okay, so we're now on the lower branch, looking up at those wonderful changes above us. Mm-hmm. And we want to pull those into ourselves. So the command is git space merge space minus minus no minus ff because we want to absolutely positively make a a, a merge commit. Mm -hmm. We say what branch we want to pull into ourselves. So dev. Okay. And then we give it a message. So minus m feet replaced static programming history in hello worlds with carousels space minus m space to facilitate the carousel, the bootstrap JavaScript libraries and their dependencies were also added. Okay. And then we hit enter. 
Oh, look at that. I just, well, after I did that, Git Kraken all of a sudden has this lovely separate branch for dev that then merges back into main and it has yeah. a title and a paragraph below it that says uh, the two different things. Got it. Correct. And on the command line, you will see it says merge made by the recursive strategy because Git has different strategies. And you can see that we've pulled in the new files and index.html with 93 changes. Seven, seven files changed, 18 deletions, 107 insertions. Actually, this is really cool looking. I don't know if, I don't remember seeing this before, but it, it, so it's, it says merge made by recursive strategy, as he said, and then it lists each of the files and to the right of the files nicely lined up is a set of pipes. So we've got like mm-hmm. a separator. And then to the right it's of the first one, it says seven plus plus, one plus, one plus, 20, whole bunch of pluses. And then when you get down to the 93 on index.html, it's a bunch of green pluses and then some red minuses. So I'm guessing you got rid of some stuff and added some stuff. Bingo, yeah, because the old pre-tag is gone and in its place is all of the tags to make the carousel. So uh, so, are how many pluses and minuses, does that mean anything? Is it just proportional or? I would imagine it's proportional, yeah. Because they didn't do 93 pluses. No, no. Obviously the pluses are like, maybe they're 10 lines or something. Yeah. Well, the seven uh, has, the seven one has two green pluses, so it's three and a half. <laughs> it's going to be rounded to something. Yeah. Anyway, okay. they are proportional, I guess. Is, is but it's it's word. very it's very graphical, but all done in like done in ASCII characters. ASCII art. Yeah, yeah, it's ASCII art. That's a good way of describing it. And so, as you've already said, immediately we now see a very dramatic change in Git Kraken. So. We see that main is now ahead of dev because it has this new merge commit. Mm -hmm. And dev still exists, but it's now a parallel line of work that Mm -hmm. is not on main, but its result has been pulled into main. So it's like a little siding on the railway line. And the little siding is where all the detailed work was done. And then only the end result was merged into main with a merge commit. Okay. And if you ever need that, that final commit that brought the two together... That, that merged dev into main uh, doesn't really describe exactly how you got there. It says kind of the end result. If you want to know what you did to get there, then you do go back and look on the branch and look at the commit messages there. Yes, because okay. a commit is a snapshot in time. Mm-hmm. So the main branch's merged commit is just a snapshot of the finished product. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so now looking pretty good. Um, so now let's move to another concept, which is going to help us make our lives a little bit easier. So Git allows us to give human-friendly labels to commits. So at the moment, every commit, we, only, we can only talk to it with its hash, right? If the commit is at the head of a branch, we can talk to it by its branch name. But once the commit is not at the head anymore, we have no human-friendly way of addressing the commit. They're just these blobs of hashes. Hmm. And so a git tag is simply a name for a specific commit so that we can talk to it in a human memorable way forever, not just while it's the head of the branch. Forever it can be talked to in that way. And git actually allows two different types of tags. It, it has what it calls a lightweight tag, and a lightweight tag is literally a pointer. It's literally just this name matches that hash. That's all it is. There's no metadata saying when it was created, who created it. There's no message associated with it. It is just this name equals that hash. It's it's literally just a mapping of a name to a hash is literally how it's saved inside Git. Okay. A full or what's called an annotated tag is it has a message and it has metadata. So it says, who made me? When was I made? And if you want a message to describe why was I made? Hmm. And I point to that commit over there. So what would be the use case for these two different types? Generally speaking, if you're doing something short term, I like to think of the lightweight tag as being a bit like a post-it note. (laughs) It's something that is useful to me now, Mm -hmm. but not to me six months from now. But if I want to actually permanently mark something, I'll get out my, you know, either one of those permanent sticker things you can or stick a to label a book maker. or a, a pen. Yeah, or a label maker or whatever. And I'll make a real attachment to something and say, this isn't just some 
thou must remember this is like this is version one as published on such and such a date whatever okay right so the and you would describe maybe the change log and maybe some things to watch out for oh and by the way this version has a breaking change you're going to have to update your code to continue using the library or whatever so at a tag like that you can give a detailed description of what on earth is going on whereas the the lightweight tag is just a, a little flag you know look at this bug here ask bard about it next week <laughs> okay okay right or don't forget to go back here or you know whatever some little temporary thing so i think so, i've actually used them correctly once but not knowing why i have a tag for version one of my clock oh good that is exactly what they are that, that is one of the exactly what they're for that is that will be for an annotated tag so that's a permanent record you want to keep forever so that you can quickly jump back if someone says oh allison can you give me version one of your clock you're going to say get archive name of tag i i didn't say i made the right kind of tag <laughs> I, I, I pressed the Any button tag is good. in my GUI that said, give me a tag. I don't know which kind it created, actually. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we, can, we can poke about. So the first thing to know is that we use git tag to manage our tags. And if you just say git tag with no arguments, it will list all of your tags. And which, if we do that now, it's a very, very boring list. It's completely empty. <laughs> so you can just type it now, git tag, and you just get straight back to your prompt. Okay. Nothing happened. So let's start with a lightweight tag. So to add a lightweight tag to the current check to the currently checked out um, commit, just say git space tag space name of tag. So git tag you are here is what I decided to do in the show notes. And we can say if we now say git tag with no arguments to list our tags, we see that if we have one tag you are here. So that's like a post-it note tag, right? Okay, it has. No detail. So as we learned a few weeks ago, git log shows us our history of commits on the current branch. And the minus one argument limits it to just the last commit. And the minus minus one line flag um, means show me the commit as a single line. So if we say git space log minus one minus minus one line, we're only going to see the last commit, which is feet replace static, which is basically the merge commit, right? Replace static programming history. Uh, and so you can see there it has a hash. So if we do a git show on the hash, it'll show us the commit, which, you know, it tells us the date, it tells us the author, it has my two paragraphs of description. That is the commit. If we do a git show of you are here, it shows us exactly the same thing. There is no additional information. All we are seeing is information about the commit. There's no information about the tag. Right. So that's how you know it's a lightweight tag? That's how you know it's a lightweight tag. There is no when was I tagged, who tagged me, why was I tagged. It's just, no, no, this is just a shortcut. This is like an alias for the commit. Right. Now, the other thing is lightweight tags are designed to be like post-it notes, which means you should delete them with gay abandon. Like, like you rip a post-it note out of a book and throw it in the bin, you should delete these tags without thinking too much about it. So the the way you do that is git space tag space minus d name of tag. So let's just remove that silly you are here tag. So git space tag space minus d you are here. Poof. God. All right. Now let's add a real tag, an annotated tag. And you add it with minus a, which you can, in my mind, is minus a for add, but I guess it could also be minus a for annotated now that I think about it. Either way, you want to combine it with a minus M flag to give it a message. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say that actually what we have now with the carousel is really the third major version of our dummy project. So I'm going to tag it as V3. So we say git space tag space minus A for an annotated tag space V3 space minus M V3 upgrades the programming history to a pretty carousel. (laughs) That so, seems like a reasonable description. Now, if we had not said minus M, would it still be mm-hmm. an annotated tag? It would, because it would pop up an editor and make us enter a message. Oh, interesting. Huh. Just like git commit does if you don't do the minus M. It's like, no, no, tell me something. Okay, because you said specifically this is going to have annotation, but you didn't give me an- yeah. any annotation. Okay. So I'll go ask you for it in the editor. Yeah. So now, if we do a git show v3, yes, it shows us the commit 
later, but it starts by describing the tag. Oh, yeah. It says, tagger, who tagged it, date, when it was tagged, and then our description. So, in other words, why it was tagged. And then it says what it is. So, commit, blah, blah, blah. And it tells you everything that's going on. So, we have all the same information we had with the lightweight tag, which is just the commit. But we have this extra metadata about the tag itself. That's what makes it an annotated tag. Okay. Now, now you, you referred to tags as being something you could you could talk to, like you could check out for or get it for someone. You could go when you said, "I want to see v v one of your your code." You, I could go get that if I had a tag. Can I get it? What, no matter what kind of tag I gave it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so you can they say, provide the same archive. functionality, but they're just not. They don't have the same information in them. Correct. Okay. So if you're trying to figure out why the tag exists, if it's a lightweight tag. Well, good luck. But I hope you named it something clever because that's the only information it has. <laughs> okay. Uh, whereas with an annotated tag, hopefully you've left yourself a sensible message and it makes sense why you did it. Right. Okay. And so here you can see that we said git space show and normally git show would need a hash, but we don't have to give it a horrible hash. We can just give it the V3. Right. So that's great. We tagged the current, we tagged the current check, you know, the current commit, so the, the head of the current branch. And we tagged it as version 3. Well, hang on a second. We didn't tag a version 2 or a version 1. We should probably do that. Can we go back in time and tag something in the past? I bet yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> we just have to pass the hash, or part of the hash, as the last argument. So, in this case, first off, let's figure out where the previous two versions were. So if we do a git space minus minus no pager log minus minus one line, it will list the entire history of our repository one one commit at a time. That's what the minus minus one line does. So each commit is just a single line. And if we read back through all those commits, I have arbitrarily decided that what I'm going to call v1 is when I add the programming history, which is FF8BC62. Which, by the and way, we gonna... now know is the first six digits of the hash. Correct. Six or eight? Wait, two, three, six. In this case, it's seven. Seven. That's why I couldn't count it right. Yeah, seven. And seven for the other one, too. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to say that once I've added the Easter egg, which is the Back to the Future poster, is it going to be version two. So okay. I'm going to call that 43BCA0F. So we can tag those two by saying git space tag space minus a v1 minus m v1 includes a history of Bart's programming journey in hello world snippets space the hash or rather the the start of the hash. Okay, so you just throw the uh, the start of the hash down at the end and it knows where to add that tag. Correct, and then very very similarly for v2 we have another you know git space tag space minus a v2 minus m v2 adds a little Easter egg to the page space the hash or part of the hash and so now when we do git tag to list all the tags we see v1 v2 v3 yay (laughs) i don't know why that makes me happy it's so simple (laughs) uh, yeah but powerful so now let's have a look and git kraken and oh look there they are v1 v2 v3 although v3 is hidden because v3 is underneath the current one so you see that there's a plus one hang on hang on hang on sparky where do i see uh tags okay there they are okay uh by default issues was open and it had a bunch of glop in it for some reason so now i can see the tags yeah and so the v3 is hidden behind that little plus one until you hover over main because v3 is where we are at the moment so it's the currently checked out but you can hover over it to see v3 is there too and you can see the git crack and gives them a nice little tag icon as well and if you hover the mouse pointer over you should be able to get as popover text the little description we gave our tag uh, if you hover over... So hover over V1, and it says V1 includes a history of Bart's programming journey and Hello World snippets. No, mine says navigate to tag when I hover over it. Okay, mine definitely have a little pop-up. Oh, text. hang on, hang on. So you got to tell me where to hang to hover. Uh, I was in the left sidebar. You're saying, yeah. you're saying in the, in the, what do you call the middle part? In the timeline. I I call it the timeline. Uh, Graph is probably more correct. Yeah, actually, graph is just a piece of it. But okay, yeah, timeline. V1 includes the history of Bart's programming programming journey in the Hello World snippets. Yeah, okay. 
right? So that's why our annotated tags are more powerful because they have extra information in them. Yeah, yeah. But if I so, make a, if I make a, uh, a a get tag, can you put more than one tag on the same branch in the same position? So I could just say absolutely. get tag boogers, and I would suddenly get a plus two next to yep, yeah. and there it is. Oh, but that's a uh, an uninteresting tag. So when I hover, I'm going to get no information. Correct. Unannotated. That's very explicit. Yeah. Which is indeed what it is. <laughs> All right. But luckily, we know we can get rid of uh, tags. Yeah, so minus D for delete. So get space tag space minus D boogers, and then they'll go away. Oh, God. And don't be afraid to delete those kind of work in progressy sort of tags. Yeah. You know, they're like posted notes. Use them freely, delete them freely. So now that we know about tags, and now that we understand that we're kind of swimming upstream by by having this fixation of having no work in progress ever exist on main, we're working against Git's default. So Git's default is to fast forward if it can. So either we keep on having to mentally tell ourselves, remember to fight Git's defaults or you're going to get caught out. You're going to end up with stuff on main you didn't want on main. Maybe, maybe our strategy needs a tweak so that we're not so fixated on never having anything on main that isn't a fully working commit. Hmm. So at the moment, our policy is three rules. The main branch will only contain functioning commits. If it's on main, you can check it out and the code will function. So that's, that's why we're having to do this. Do I merge? Do I fast forward? We're having to think about it every time it's to satisfy rule one. Rule two, all development work will run the branch name dev. That's perfectly sensible. And only one conceptual change will be worked on at any given time. So that means dev doesn't contain a mishmash of 20 different ideas. Dev is doing a thing and then dev is doing another thing. So to avoid swimming upstream, why don't we say that it's fine for main to contain half working commits? However, every working commit should be tagged. Oh, so that way you can always find the working stuff. But the problem with not only what you described about having to fight the default, which is always to to try to merge uh, and having to say, no, don't Mm -hmm. merge. Uh, There's another problem is that you could if it seems to me in my own experience, it's bad to live on a branch for too long. And I break stuff and keep it broken for a very long time. Yeah, because it gets harder and harder to merge a branch the more it deviates. The more chance of one of those evil, evil uh, conflicts we haven't talked about yet. Right, right. So generally speaking, you want to branch, do your thing and merge, branch, do your thing and merge. And so the fact that you can, that you can support fast forwarding, it, it, just, it just makes everything go so much easier. Don't swim upstream. That's generally speaking a good rule. So let's update our branching policy to a slightly longer to write, but actually simpler to use strategy. So rule one. The commit at the head of the main branch must always be a functioning commit. Oops, there's an extra S in there that needs to come out of it for the live show notes. Okay. So if I check out main, it should bloody well work, right? There's nothing worse than going to someone's repository on GitHub, checking out master or main and having it not work. That's that's just bad practice, right? The simple, the, the last working version of your code should be sitting at the head of main. Okay, um, stuck. Raising hands so he can see me on video here. Um, if how is the the commit at the head of the main branch working? If we've got all this other glop we've been we've been pulling in from from dev that we've just said isn't working. Right, but at what point in time do you fast forward when you finish the feature? My brain hurts. So what is okay. what is the thing called on the timeline that isn't a branch? And isn't the head of main? What is that? What is that called? The head of dev, probably. It's going to be on another branch. Heads exploding. What do you mean we're we're oh. not on the branch because we just merged the branch in to no, main? No, no, no. We have no, no. We haven't merged yet. You're asking. No, no, at the point in time we merge, we always have a working version, right? So imagine we decide we want to do something. There's a bug fix to be done. Mm-hmm. So before we start, we have our last working version of the code. So okay, dev and main are together. Right. And they're both pointing at the last working commit. Right. 
So everything is in keeping with our policy. Right. We've now found a bug and we want to fix it. So the first thing we do is we change to dev. Right. Because all development work happens on dev. Okay. We then start to fix it, which might take us five or six commits. Uh-huh. Main is still where we left it. Right. All of our work in progress is on dev. Right. We finish our work. It is now functioning again. But we, well, we are still on dev. But we, wait right? a minute. No, we said we were going to merge in before it was functioning. No, 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 no. Absolutely, we did not. Absolutely, what did we, we did say not. we're changing from that? No. What you've described was our original strategy. No, no, no. So far, what I've described is no different to what we did before. So far, right. it's the same for both. Right. The question is, what do we do now? Our original rule was we had to merge because we were not allowed to have the others follow behind us. They had to stay not on main because main could never have anything broken on it. But now we're saying it's okay to fast forward to a working commit. Well, fast forward. You don't fast forward till you're. Hang on. So fast forward is the one that only brings the last thing. No, 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 no. Fast forward brings everything. Fast Fast forward forward brings everything. Merge brings just the last thing. Yes. So this doesn't seem fundamentally very interesting to me now. I got all excited for a minute. If if, okay. if we can't branch in before we've got it functioning, then how is this that big of a deal? All it is is saying that we're going to have non-working commits will be on main, but the but the head of main will be working. Right. So what it means is we're not fighting Git and everything just works. Oh, okay. So instead of having to sit there thinking about stuff, we just 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 merge them. And that Git, if Git needs to do a merge commit, Git will do a merge commit. If Git doesn't need to do a merge commit, it'll do a fast forward. Okay. Okay. So it didn't solve the problem of living on the branch for too long. No, that's that's a hygiene problem. (laughs) That's choosing when you merge in. Okay. But that's what I said I thought was going to be a second byproduct. And I thought you said, yeah, that's right. Because it'll the longer you're out on that branch, the longer you're in danger, the the greater danger you are that you end up with a non-working area uh, uh, merge conflicts. But uh, uh, surely it's a, uh, maybe uh, maybe it doesn't uh, maybe it doesn't on its own. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean okay. That, that's fine. I just want to understand which it is. I'm I'm yes. still stuck out on that branch for like a year and a half. <laughs> while I'm, I'm messing all well, kinds of there's, stuff there's up. something going on there that that, that, that shouldn't be happening but I, that, that may be something yeah somebody who can't get their code working is what's happening on there flailing well, maybe, around maybe it is okay to stay maybe it is okay to stay out there until it works yeah okay Um. so first rule the head of main should always be working because you know, when you check out a repository that's what main means I'm your okay. last working version right okay all development work still happens on dev so if it's a work in progress, it's still sitting over on dev. We're still only doing one thing at a time. But whenever we're done with a thing, we merge back into main with a fast forward. Okay. And then we add a tag and give it a version number. Add a tag every time it's working? Every time we fast forward, we tag. Because that's a working copy. It deserves a name. Ever really? Ever really? So a tag for every bug fix, a tag for yes. every feature add. Yes. Oh, littered with tags. Not littered. As okay. So there is. We also carefully need a strategy planted. for tagging. <laughs> yes. We, yes. Carefully planted. At the moment, I haven't really described how we should tag them. Just that we should tag them. Next week, we get to spend a lot of time describing version numbers because that sounds easy. Oh, yeah, just give it a version number. That's not easy. That's actually a significant thing. And it is something computer scientists have argued about forever. And thankfully, consensus has emerged. A very sane and sensible consensus has emerged. And uh, I'm going to be describing that consensus to you in the next installment. And that consensus makes makes this add a tag really, really easy. Okay. Um, and the consensus is a three-point system. Major, minor, patch. So 4.2.1, whatever. And they have real meanings, those three digits. But anyway, we'll talk about it in detail next time. Okay. Um, and so just basically tag them. Every time you have a working one, tag them with the appropriate version number. If it was just a bug fix, you're going to be incre- incrementing only the very last number. If it's a new feature, you'll be implementing the middle number unless it's a breaking commit, in which case you'll increment the front number. Hmm. 
Okay. And then you will always be able to tell where you are and what's going on. So at that point in time, you have a working strategy because it meets our two goals, right? I can look at the repository as a whole and know what I can check out to have safe code. The answer is I can check out main. And I will, if I check out main, I will always have working code. I, I can also look at in... I just wanted to say, I think mentally I have to think of dev as my main branch then. Because I'm going to be... I live on dev. <laughs> right, but okay, but you're the programmer as opposed to the consumer, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're not looking about what works. You're looking about what I'm working on. Yeah. Okay. Which is a very different question. But you also can tell what you're working on because it's called dev. So for you, it's still clear. Because <laughs> I'm the developer. Exactly. Okay, so back to and your the list second, again. The second question was, looking at a specific commit, can I tell whether or not it works? The answer is yes, you can. If it's tagged, it does. And if it isn't, it doesn't. Oh, so you, ca you can't tag non-working stuff? Not if you follow the rules. The rules oh, say... No, you said all, all, all commits or all uh, merges back into main get a, get a, a tag. You didn't say right. you couldn't have a tag otherwise. Okay. Can I do throwaway get a version tags? tag? So get a tag that starts with V. Okay. Okay. Right. You can still have your post-it notes to your heart's content, but you're not going to call it version whatever. You're not going to version them. Okay. But I can make throwaway ones. You make the throwaway ones. ones. But yeah, so... The so if you're looking at a commit and it's called V1.2.3, well, you know that works because it's called V1.2.3. Gotcha. Okay. So we have clarity and simplicity. And we don't have to sit there fixating about what type of merge Git's going to do by default. We don't care. We know it's going to work because we're just, you know, we're tagging them, merging them when they work and tagging them, merging them when they work and tagging them. So whenever it works, merge and tag. Whenever it works, merge and tag. Just repeat ad infinitum and oh. you will have a really well-organized structure. So... This is not a bad second attempt at a branching strategy, but it, it has one assumption that's problematic. Point three. Only one conceptual change will be worked on at any given time. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm a distractible kind of person, and I'm generally working on many things at the same time. Right. And that's for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, two extremely common reasons are I'm stuck. Right. And the best way to unstake is to do something else. Right. And Should, other, can you do a branch on a branch to do that then? You absolutely can. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk in, we're going to look at that concept next time. But yes, you're okay. right. That is how we're going to make this better. Okay. We don't have one dev branch. We have a feature branch for, for each thing we're working on. So if we're working on three things, we have three feature branches. Right. That would make sense. Uh, and, and when they're ready, we around. merge them in. As long as they don't touch each other, conflict with each other, right? Well, that's, it opens up the possibility of conflicts right. when you have more than one dev branch. Because right now, it is physically impossible to ever have a conflict because we're only working on one thing at a time. And as soon <laughs> as it works, we're putting it into main. So there's no possible conflict. But as soon as we have the notion of working in parallel on two, three, four, five, six things, there is a possibility that when we try merge, we will have a conflict. But in reality, you will be amazed at how seldom that happens. Okay. But I do um, like that you're going to take into account human nature, because having rules oh that God, you know yeah. you can't follow, <laughs> what good is Pointless, that? Pointless, right. Right, and as I say, so the two most common reasons to want to do two things at once are, I'm stuck and I just need to work on something else. Well, that stews away in the back of my head, and that's certainly how I work. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's bubbling away in there. I'm not thinking about it, but my brain is quite busy. Mm -hmm. And the other reason is you're in the middle of some piece of work and a major bug emerges. You know, the, the daily cron runs, and instead of your process doing X, it does Y, auga, auga. Well, you have to fix that. So that means you have to stop working on the new feature, fix the bug, commit those fixes onto main, and then get back to what you were doing. So that means doing two things at once. So we definitely do need to have the ability to do two things at once. And so that's what we're going okay. to focus on next time. That is going to bring up the possibility of merge conflicts. So therefore, we must finally deal with that reality. Good. And we're going to look at some... We should get into the habit early so that we don't get into bad habits. Let's just immediately get into the habits of good version numbers that will stand to us very well in the future if we just get into a good habit from early on.
And then thanks to, ooh, sugar, I should always remember which listener it was. Caleb Fong. One of our wonderful listeners in the Slack channel pointed me towards something I had sort of vaguely known existed because I could see that there was obviously a convention, obviously in use by many different projects. I know who it is. It's Caleb Fong. Oh, good. Of course it was Caleb. That makes perfect sense it would be. Uh, So we're going to be looking at a particular strategy for the comments on your commit. Some simple rules to label your commits, which I have been using in this installment without telling you. Why was I saying whip colon? And why was I saying chore colon? And why was I saying uh, feet colon? The answer is because I was using this convention. By the way, uh, I'm going to, I actually have a note written to tell you I recognize that you were doing it. So the, uh, the, pod, the podcast he recommended is called Syntax, and it was an episode called Hasty Treat, Writing Good Commit Messages. And the concept is, is called, quite oddly, Conventional Commits. And it's a, yes, it's a, in it's a, a convention. Uh, yeah, it's a commit. convention that has been created that that's more of a guideline, but it tells you what you're supposed to make these commit messages look like. And what's fun is the 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 two gentlemen speaking in this uh, uh, Scott and Wes, they haven't done it yet, and they're making a commitment to try doing conventional commits going forward. Yeah, and I have been using the lingo, but not the syntax. And now that I've seen it described, it's like, I've seen that everywhere. Oh, and now it wasn't just one person who thought, hey, this would be a good way for me to remember this as a feature by writing feet. Yeah. it's No, it's everywhere. And also it explains why a lot of the apps I really like, when a new version comes out, they have these perfectly worded bulleted lists of bug fixes and changes. Mm. And oh, I thought, yeah. wow, they're so organized. No, they just have a script that reads the conventional commits and turns them into two list items. Nice. One for every feat and one for every fix. Nice. Nice. It's I like just it. the commit messages being automatically assembled into what looks like a carefully curated list. I like so, this kind so- of thing. I mean, this is sort of a, a, a tag, if you will, to tell yourself what you're doing. Correct. I, I mean, for someone who names their photographs in such a way that they can be searched, this is exactly the kind of thing that would appeal to you. <laughs> right, right, right. And someone like me who's obsessed with tagging everything in every photo so I can find it again, it, it appeals to me too. I like having my data have structure. I like having information rather than just data. Right, right. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad we were both on the same page because I was sitting here waiting for the end to say, hey, we should just as a little uh, little treat here, tell people about what Caleb found. So that's great. Yeah. Yes. So thank you, Caleb, for posting that because I've known for a while that there was probably a right way TM and now I know it and it's really bloody easy. So I'm doing that forevermore. That's, that's uh, my New Year's resolution. All right. I shall now write proper conventional commit messages and all of my stuff. Anyway, let us draw a line under it for today. Um... No idea when we'll record again because it's into the silly season, but whenever it is, until then, happy computing. If you learn as much from BART each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.